Good morning, cunts. That's it. That's okay. That's so, what, so that that's, that's how we're starting this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. The audience has a nickname now. Hope they like it. <laughs> oh god, I love being hostile to the audience. Mm. It's it's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. As they've been patiently waiting for two weeks for you to talk about Subnautica. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, or actually, four weeks four if you weeks. forgot to talk about it last yeah. time. Yeah, they've been waiting for a month yeah. for you to talk about Subnautica, and you know whether you uh, built the spaceship and uh, escaped the the planet without getting shot down. Yeah. Um, maybe that happened. Mm. Should I tease it out for like another couple another minutes month? and just get into it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, just get it. Because in a month it's going to be the Halloween special, and I have figured out what I'm doing for that. I I remember I did that once with Dragon's Dogma. I was like, mm. next next time I'll talk about how much I love Dragon's Dogma, and I just never talked next about it. Next time on Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should make a Goku mod. Mm. Yeah, so, so do, how many do you remember what you I s- Nautic? Um, um, I think, because you talked to me about it off-air last time, but I think on-air, you had figured, you'd gotten to some place and figured out that, um, you would need to shut off some kind of weapon thing to keep it from shooting you down. Okay. And you hadn't cured yourself yet, but, but you had done some kind of test thing and found that you were infected with the thingy that they're keeping quarantined on this planet yeah okay so I'll, I'll go over that real quick and then get to the rest of it um, so the game starts and you're getting into a life pod um, being jettisoned off to a water planet and the ship you were just on it explodes and crashes into the planet um, and then you're in the game uh, you are the only one left alive. Um, there, like there are other life pods around, but everyone else got eaten, I guess. <laughs> mm. Um, and yeah, eventually you get like a radio signal with uh, a different ship that wants to rescue you and. You get to the island with the big alien gun and they blow it up. Because, as it turns out, um, the planet's under quarantine because it is uh, infected with an alien virus. And it eventually kills everything. So, yeah. I think that's where we left off. Yeah. Um, So... Basically, all, all that there is so far is your life pod, which is floating in a safe area. There is the Aurora, the big crash ship that uh, you came here on. And, I mean, it, it's massive. Like, just sitting in the water, um, covered in radiation. Mm. <laughs> that you need a radiation suit to explore. Um, and there's the one island with the big quarantine enforcement gun uh, and 
there's actually another island like uh, on the complete other side of the map that is floating because there there's like little pink uh, like parasitic ball things um, that can like attach themselves to rocks and make them float mm. and the bottom of that island is covered in like really big ones that I, I guess can like float an entire island um, and so I I completely made myself lost <laughs> so what I I lost the thread here. Um, okay, I guess I should just get to the story with the aliens mm. uh, and the virus. Um, okay, so eventually, after you find all these things, um, like you you can you can explore a lot. You know, run into um, a lot of predators, um, but basically, you just keep building things. You can build vehicles. Uh, a sea moth, which is like a little personal submarine, a prone suit, which is just, it, it's a mech suit, um, and a cyclops, which is like a big 40-foot submarine that's made for like three people, mm. but you have to pilot yourself. Um, but eventually, you find an area called the Lost River, which, uh, to get there, you basically have to go to one of the more dangerous areas uh, on the map and find a cave system in it. And the Lost River is basically like a... It's a big brine pool. Like, I, 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 I'm not 100% sure on the science, but I think it's where, like, a lot of the salt in the salt water, like, basically collects in one area. And, uh... It makes the water really dense, and if you go into the brine pool without a vehicle, you will die. So, yeah, there's mm. that. Um, but eventually, you come across uh, the alien research facility, which used to be, um, like, on big supports like in a side area in the Lost River but it apparently um, got destroyed and fell down to the surface mm. so what you find out is that the aliens basically came to the planet because they basically looking for a cure for the virus because it infected like every every single world that uh, this alien race inhabited um, and so they presumably sent teams to uh, tons of different planets looking for a cure mm. um, and they were they were onto something on this planet that they thought might be able to help but one of the things they were doing was they were they were taking eggs from some of the local creatures to uh, to test them and see if they could help um, and they happened to take 
a sea dragon leviathan egg, which is like the biggest predator so in they, the game. They all got um, they all got murdered. Yeah, um, basically, uh, y- you find the sea dragon skeleton outside, and it if you scan it, it says that uh, it died of severe uh, blunt trauma to the head. So it presumably just kept headbutting the research facility until it broke. Um, oh. And so everybody dies. Um, but uh, in addition to all that stuff, you also find out that there are two more alien facilities even deeper down. Um both in very dangerous lava areas because as it turns out like the the whole area of the map like the however many kilometers wide it is like two or three um, it's all a volcanic crater basically like the the very tip of a volcano Hmm. and if you try to explore off the edge like it's just a sheer drop-off and there's nothing there but death and ghost leviathans. Yeah. Uh, so the deeper you go down, the hotter it is and the more lava there is. So you keep going down and you find uh, an alien thermal plant, which I don't remember if it has any lore or not. I, I don't think it does. I kind of think it's just used as like a hub world with a lot of uh, like a lot of gates to different areas of the game so you can get back mm. easily um, and I, I think you get some useful things like you can it makes a it makes an item that's a power source that you can use to like upgrade your batteries and stuff like that but uh Uh, eventually you get down to the deepest part of the game and the active lava zone where basically like there's sea dragons everywhere they're huge like I if if, if you're curious about anything um, just look up sea dragon leviathan mm. on YouTube or something and see somebody's videos because they're basically like the front end of a dragon like a a regular ass green dragon um and the back end is like i I think like seven huge tentacles i i don't know exactly how long they are because um i don't want to get that close (laughs) but uh they're massive they've got to be like at least like 80 feet long if i had to guess but it's probably even longer but anyway, like the whole area is red. You can barely see anything in front of you. All, all you can hear is the roar of the dragons um, uh, in the area. It's not not super scary, um, honestly, because I don't know. Like it's not even one of the scariest parts of the game to me, just because you you can you can come so prepared mm. at that point that like the the creepiest part of the game to me is the early part where you're not really prepared for anything 
so uh, like y you can't fight back at all but I mean by the end you've got a mech suit if it attacks the mech suit you, you can basically yeah. just run away and repair it and be fine um, but anyway eventually you get down to the uh, I forget what the building's called but it, it's basically it's basically like the the final re research building like in the middle of the active volcano um, and there you find the sea emperor leviathan um, so I, I, I think I forgot to say this last time but at certain points while playing um, like ju just randomly like uh, a face like an alien face will just like pop up in front of you <clears throat> no matter what you're doing and it'll it'll talk to you like I think the first one it, like it just looks at you and says what are you um, and event eventually it says something like I'm here, come find me, something like that. Um, but when, once you get to this last area, you you get in and it's basically just a holding pen for the biggest creature in the mm. game, the Sea Emperor. And it it's it's basically the the biggest like non-lethal um, or non-predatory mm. animal in the game. It it uh, it's telepathic, and it basically says to you that uh, it, it's like not it's telepathic, but it's not like super intelligent. Like it seems, oh, it, it's kind of weird, but it it talks like you you'd think like an animal would I guess if it could speak and not not like a like a super intelligent being I don't, I don't know it's kind of hard to explain but it basically says that it was captured um, and the its species produces uh, an enzyme that is the cure for the virus and uh, the the reason like the the whole area like that whole part of the planet hasn't died is because the aliens built like a super sophisticated piping network to filter water through to the the emperor's uh like holding chamber so that it you know it basically wouldn't drown mm. uh in stagnant water and like the the most common fish in the game the peeper uh it would like they they would come in through the pipes and like i, I guess uh like swimming around in the area around the emperor would uh like uh fill it with the the enzyme that it would use uh or th that it would eat or mm absorb or whatever and then swim swim to the rest of the area which would temporarily cure the infection in that area 
So that's the whole reason why over after a thousand years, like after the aliens either left or died off, um, like why the whole area of the planet isn't dead. Um, because, because like essentially, like the rest of the planet is just nothing. Like the the only place that supports mm. life is this little volcanic crater, um, where the aliens set up their labs, and uh, and basically you you find out that the the re the reason why the aliens weren't successful, even though they caught a, an emperor, is because the one they caught was very old. And it was basically the only um. one left in existence, and so the it wouldn't produce enough of the enzyme to like produce a cure, just enough to like mm. temporarily stave it off, I guess. So there's no cure. So, so you die at the end. All. Right. Well, not. Oh, okay. <laughs> not there's no cure yet. Um, but there, there are some sea emperor eggs that are left in her oh, okay. um, go containment chamber. Get the stem cells. <laughs> that, um, that's a yeah. sure. Let's let's go with that. Um, no, she she basically the emperor basically says. Like, I want you to hatch my babies. I tried to get the other ones to do it, but they couldn't hear me like you can. So, basically, here's here's what I need to hatch my babies. Go get it, bring it back, and everything will be fine. Um, and it's basically just, like, the, the seeds of some random plants, like, through different areas that, uh... So, like... Basically, you you go to different areas of the game and collect samples of some random plants uh, and make make whatever mixture you need to hatch the eggs, and then come back to her and the babies hatch and they start mm. barfing out. Uh, the en the enzyme that is the cure. Um, so you touch it and cure yourself, and now you're cured of the infection. Um, but also, it turns out that the sea emperors basically they they mate once and then die, or I guess breed once and then and then die. So. Uh, the the sea emperors uh, th there's a teleportation gate because I mean it's convenient right it's not big enough for her to get through but it's big enough for mm. you and the babies to get through um, so they so that like after they hatch they like you know go up and like nuzzle their mother and then leave into the bigger area um and 
Like, y- you can actually find them later in the game in different mm. areas if you go to look. And they're, like, not fully grown, like, because th- she's huge. Like, she's the, the biggest creature in the game. Um, but they're, like, half the size, about. And uh, they're friendly. They don't, mm. they don't attack you. Um, so, basically, you save the... You save the uh, species from extinction, um, an intelligent species, no less, and basically, like you, you may have saved the entire planet from extinction. And, but for for you personally, you've also found a way to deactivate the weapon that's keeping you here, because it will shoot down anything that's trying mm. to land or leave. Um, and now you're free to explore the. You can explore the ship um, and find the blueprints to a Neptune rocket, which is uh, what you need to get home. And, I mean, at, at that point, it's just like collect resources to build the rocket and then get in it, make a, make a time capsule, mm. and then go home. Um, and the, the time capsule is basically... So after you finish building the rocket, you can put a few items into a time capsule and include a picture mm. and write a message. And uh, I, I, think, I think there's like a screening process to where they go through like to make sure you get another thing player offensive. will find your <laughs> capsule. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Like I, I think it just like randomly pulls from all the ones uh, in, in like a database and like puts them randomly throughout your game like i i found like three or four um i didn't know that they were player made because they they were kind of uh basic yeah. and one was written in chinese so did you put like um, a picture of you teabagging <laughs> so the I, <laughs> scariest monster in the game <laughs> no i put a very nice picture of my prawn suit Sitting on the on the the deck of the mm. rocket launch platform, with the with the aurora in the background, mm. the big crash ship at sunset. It's actually very nice. And then i i threw I threw a bunch of the rarest mineral in the game, and uh, oh, there was one other thing I put in. I think an ion cube, which is not very useful, but it mm. was all I had left. Uh, <laughs> So, basically, I, I threw a bunch of rare resources, mm. um, took a nice little picture, and said, I'm taking my cuttlefish mm. and going home. Because I, uh, the, the, the cuttlefish is basically, like, it, it doesn't exist in the wild. Mm. It just exists uh, as eggs. And you could put them in a little aquarium in your base, and they'll eventually hatch. Mm. They're they're basically little seal octopuses, yeah. <laughs> like like uh, I'll I'll find a picture for you, but they're they're adorable. Mm. They're they basically have like the the head and face of it's pretty close to a seal, and then uh, they end in tentacles like a like an octopus. Okay, so and it's not exactly can, the same as an earth cuttlefish. No, it's cuttlefish, like with D's instead of 
cuttlefish, oh. like with teas. Okay. And uh, if you, uh, a sad thing is if you interact with them um, after you build the rocket, but before you leave, they'll like sadly like hug your arm, mm. um, like they don't want you to go. And you see them all waving when you're flying away. Like the ending of like a Final well, Fantasy game or something. Yeah, they they like they like grow to be two hundred feet and jump out the water and high five your rocket. Yeah, that's a or it's just like fish. the ending of a Legend of Zelda game, and you see like the tank and they're all playing around in it as part of the credits. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of. It's like a hammerhead shark, but yeah. the eyes are closer to the body. Yeah, it, it's like a combination of like several things. But, like, made into a baby. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't know why it has nostrils. It, it lives underwater. Mm. But evolution, I guess. Um, I, I think I think that's it. Um, um, so yeah, the the alien, the the whole reason you, the whole reason you there is because. An alien race was trying to stop a virus that killed their entire civilization. Hmm. I mean, presumably they're not around anymore. So until the sequel, um, yeah, uh, there actually is a sequel. Uh, well, it's it's in early access. It's uh, below zero. Um, hmm. Uh, so when when you when you get in the rocket and finally take off, uh, like you you do a slingshot move uh, in orbit mm. to and uh, to you know basically like try to break the gravitational pull of the planet. Um, and there there's a little area that you can see that's covered in ice, like presumably one of the poles, mm. and. Uh, the the camera kind of lingers on it for a second, um, and uh, it turns out that's where the sequel is. Okay, so you you get home um, and you tell people about the planet, and then they send another crew out to go check out the ice area, probably. Yeah, I I haven't played it yet, but that I'm I'm pretty sure that's what happens. I I did see the trailer for it, and it it seems like it's completely different people. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's probably exactly what it is. Um, I I don't want to play it until it's finished because I don't I don't want to like get to a point and then like have to start all over to like finish it properly. Mm. Or have your first so experience conversion. I, yeah, because like I I watched I watched some playthroughs of. Subnautica, where they did that, like they they like played it through, um, like as it was in development, um, and as a result, they like lost out on some of the dialogue, mm. uh, like some of the voice recordings because they they were just in text at that mm. point, like they they hadn't implemented the voice acting. So yeah, I'm just gonna completely wait until it's released and then play it. But it, 
I did see videos on it, and it looks like they have uh, like kind of like penguins. So that's mm. cool. Um, I kind of didn't talk about how scary the game is sometimes this week, but uh, it really is. Um, Reaper Leviathans are the worst. Uh, mm. Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna be going for scary ice next time, I can definitely see it being like the Mountains of Madness which is a Lovecraft story in Antarctica, which did have, like, crazy alien penguins in it. <laughs> yeah, they... they Like, the, the alien penguins, like, it, it seems like their mouth is, like, in the tip of their head. Mm. So, like, when they, when they like, squeal, like, the, their whole body kind of, like, comes off to the side a little. Mm. It's, uh... I'm I'm assuming so they can like eat while they swim. I don't mm. know, but uh, it'll be interesting whenever it's released. I, like I I really want to play it. I just don't want. I I just want to play it in a finished version, not you know mm. pieces at a time. Yeah. But I think that's it about Subnautica. Like it, it's. Like, I'm not afraid of the ocean, but it kind of made me afraid of the ocean. Mm. <laughs> and then and then I got over it, and I'm, I'm like, oh, the ocean's cool again. Yeah. And uh, well, As long as then, you get a nice, safe submarine then I to got, drive around in. Yeah. Um, and, and then, and then after, like, after watching some Subnautica videos, like, I, I kept getting YouTube recommendations for, like, actual... Um, Submarine exploration. Oh, that's why you posted like that I, one of the little submersible live cam that they had. Yeah. Uh, what was it? EV Nautilus, I, I think it was. Yeah, one where a bunch of octopuses was, were eating uh, a whale skeleton. Yeah, it, it's like a, a crew that like... I, I think they I think they like live stream um, submarine explorations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had like months it's, of footage uh, and then they just picked out the best bits and turned it into a video. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, but anyway, we have other things to talk about and I talked about that for like a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I think like we were saying before the episode, like we will talk about the first half of Marvel Phase 3, but our consensus is that these six movies are all good, if not great. So there's not as much to say about them. Um, yeah, like this is this is at least for me, it's easily like the best the best section of Marvel movies that we're gonna mm. watch. Yeah, I mean, and, like the next batch that we're gonna watch, they're also generally pretty good. But I, I guess that there's there's so much stuff going on in the Infinity War parts that yeah, there's probably stuff to talk about there. Um, and like yeah, how I mean, well like, it pays things off. Yeah, I mean we'll 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 get there when we get there. Like I know I know there's games you want to talk about. Yeah, should I like, it, start with the games that it, we? It's will? it's basically the, like the only. It's basically the only section w without without a weak mm. movie. I would say. Yeah, I mean some would argue but Doctor Strange. Yeah. I, I think we we both like that one though. I I I really like. Doctor Strange, like it, it's like most of it is like okay, it's just a Marvel movie. Um, 
but there's parts to it that are really interesting. But I mean, we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Like we'll. Um. Yeah. yeah so I I played six games in the. I mean, I, I played other games too, but six new-ish games in the last week. Should we talk about the ones that we've both played first, or should I get the ones that I played out of the way, and then we get to those ones? Um. Well, Subnautica goes real good in, into Spongebob, so okay. we can yep. start with yep. that. So we both played Spongebob. Uh, you already had on PlayStation played Spongebob Battle for Bikini Bottom. It's my first time playing it. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you said you've beaten the whole thing. Yeah, I'm I up to... I think I've got one stage left that I haven't unlocked. And then there's, I assume, the final boss after that. Like I, I'm up to the third yeah, part um, of the like the hub, because like as you complete the areas, yeah, it, it unlocks the next section of the hub. So I've got all the moves unlocked, and I'm on the third section. But I think there's still one of the gates I haven't opened yet. Yeah, th there's uh, there's three hub sections, and there's three like three areas in each mm. section. So. Yeah. Um, so what? 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 Uh, what two have you gone to in the last section? Um, I what, think the one, the one I'm done? on. I think it's the kelp forest. Like I'm up to this one mission where, okay. as Patrick, you have to go um, f collect three stone heads and drop them all on these like button things, and um, that I'm having trouble with. So I I ended up switching over to Mario. Because Mario 3D All Stars also came out, and I've been playing more of that lately. Yeah, that that area is pretty awkward because yeah, it's like Patrick's jumps already aren't great, and they want you to be like jumping on bouncing leaves while carrying a rock, so you can't even double jump. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out logistically how I'm supposed to reach the section, especially with some. I, I I will say that on. On on one of the three, there's a you, you kind of need to explore a little and hit a button that will like raise a vine to uh, help you oh, out okay. with that. Um, like two two of like one of them is a gimme. It's like right next yeah. to it. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I think I got that one, but there's one, one that's like on the opposite side of a rock face, and there isn't really a right now yeah. a, a leaf that seems like it'll. You know, get me back on a path that'll get me to where they have to go. Yeah, you you need to like hit a button somewhere to raise that, and then you can get it pretty mm. easily. Um, I love the music in that section. Mm. <laughs> like the I, the the music is surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, in some areas. Yeah, and I think, like, because I've been playing that and the Mario Collection, like, back and forth, because they're both the same sort of game, um, and I do, I mean, yeah. I, I did say, you know, a couple days or a day or whatever ago that I was probably going to bitch about Mario Sunshine, and one of my issues with Sunshine, that, I mean, I, I played it back on GameCube, but, so I've forgotten about that this wasn't the case, but games, you know, like, Mario 64 and SpongeBob both have the whole thing of, like, all of the the golden collectibles you need to find are all there, and you can like do whichever one you want as long as you can reach it. 
So there's that like element of discovery and exploration. It's like if one of them is frustrating, you can just go off and do another one. And Mario Sunshine really doesn't have that, yeah. even though it does drop you into the same world every time. You have to do the one that you picked because that's the only one that's available. Like, like I, there was uh, the the theme park part of it. You, um, it was like collect the red coins. I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. I'm gonna go up to the top of the Ferris wheel, and I did, and nothing was up there because it wasn't set up for the one that you get yeah. when you knock all the guys off the Ferris wheel and get the one on top of the Ferris wheel. Yeah, like Mario 64 was like really yeah. open like that. And then in Sunshine, they kind of like lowered it to where you can only do one thing at once yeah, most and of like, the time. Yeah, and like Sunshine, I had to Google. And then in, mm. in, Galax, and then in, in Galaxy, they they kind of go even further with that to where like you it's like really linear you kind of just have to yeah. go and do the thing yeah and galaxy is weird just because it's a wii game being played on a system that doesn't have a wii mote so i have to have a stylus on hand to touch the screen yeah. every time there's one of the touch things like i knew galaxy didn't do as much of that as other wii games but i'd forgotten that you still have to like point and click every time like even unlike the menu you have to point and click on your save file to get to it. You can't just make a cursor appear with your thumbstick and click on it. You have to, like, tap it on the screen. That, you'd think they would yeah. have actually changed that, but no. No, because they just straight ported it through an emulator. I mean, it... Yeah, like, that... I have issues yeah, so with the that. Galaxy, it's just... It, it's still <laughs> like, fun, but it's odd. And Sunshine, it's like, you know, after playing like 64 and Spongebob, I feel like I should know how this game works, and it doesn't work that way, because of the linearness, and because like, like earlier today I had to Google, because it's like, okay, I've got 50 uh, shines now, why hasn't the final boss unlocked? And it's because, oh, because you have to beat level 7 of each world, and not, it's not, it doesn't matter how many shines you have, you have to find Shadow Mario in every one of the worlds, so... So I haven't done that on a couple, because Rico Harbor yeah. is a pain in the ass. Because, you know, just like the camera is all wonky there. So I skipped that one. Is, is it... Is it yeah. the blooper surfing? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just did the blooper surfing one. <laughs> I made the mistake of picking the purple one, which doesn't have, like, a low speed. It's always too fast. So then I went with the yellow oh, one, and no. I, I got through it, but it's just... Like... You know, all, all the big like, metal rigging and stuff, like, trying to get the camera to work right there is a pain. Like, I'm finding, in general, the jump button is a pain. The, uh, all the sections where they take your water pack away, I swear, they had the devil himself come into Nintendo's offices to design those levels because they are horrible. <laughs> like, like, the jump button is unresponsive sometimes. You, like, run up to the, because you have to, like, run right up to the edge to get enough distance. You run up right up there, and you hit the jump button, and it doesn't register, and you fall to your death. See, I I bought the game, but mm. I haven't played it yet. Um, but I I played Sunshine on GameCube yeah. like a few months ago. I mean, I remember those levels um, being horrible on it, GameCube. It's like there. It's it sounds like um, part of the issue is just that the GameCube controller is so different from uh, from the the Switch Maybe, controller. But I, re I remember or those or whatever being frustrating on. GameCube too. Like, oh yeah, that they're they're tough. 
um, like weirdly tough for like something you have to do in a Mario yeah. game. Yeah, because like, they don't have that usually, discoverability. Usually, of, they you can skip they have, this and go do a different one. Yeah, like usually in Mario games, like especially like sixty four and Odyssey, like there's so much to do that, like if you think something's too hard, you can skip it, do a bunch of other stuff to make up for it, and still finish yeah. the game. Yeah, if like you, you don't have to. to do the boss rush, um, the, the, like the dark side of the moon at the end of Odyssey. You can. It doesn't matter if you do that. You just do it if you want. Yeah. And like even even in sixty four, like you you can you can like completely finish like the yeah like the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Floor. I, I have finished. Um, I did finish like, sixty four, and I did not do any rainbow ride, or rainbow cruise, and I didn't do any of the clock. Um, <laughs> and like only a little bit of the third floor, like barely any of like the, the tiny huge island. I did mostly yeah. first floor basement, and still managed to get seventy stars. Dire dire docks. Yeah, that one was mostly annoying for um, trying to get the eel to come out of the ship, because I don't remember what the trigger was for that. I like swam up to its yeah, face and it... just bumped into it until I died, and then swam up to its face, swam away, and then looked back, and it had finally left the ship on its own. Isn't it just on the timer, or yeah. is it? Is it not? I, I don't remember. Nah, I, I don't. I can't. I couldn't tell. It just it wasn't there. So I went in the ship, did the one thing, and and then you know after that the ship is up on the surface, so it doesn't matter. I I haven't played sixty four in mm. forever. I I would figure it's on a timer, but I don't actually. Yeah, know. I mean sixty four. I played it. Um, like I I played it a lot on N sixty four, and then I played it a lot on DS when they did the DS remake. So I know it inside and out. So it wasn't that hard for me to you know beat it again it's it's really weird to me that they didn't just like throw the ds version on there mm. too like just i guess because like, of the way they emulated it they would have know, had to emulate the ds version which also well it has touch controls but the touch is mainly for a map screen and when you spin bowser around and that's like the one part of the ds version that sucks ass is that when you go to swing Bowser around, you have to grab him with the button and then pull out your stylus and start spinning. And then hit the button again to release him while you're spinning with your stylus. So if you're right-handed, your buttons are your right hand and your stylus is your right hand. That's garbage. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't played it, but that sounds like garbage. That one part of it is terrible and the rest of it is uh, pretty good. I mean, there's 150 stars instead of 120. And you can play as Yoshi, Luigi, and Wario, who all have um, s- some unique abilities. Like I, I, I know some things about it. Like I, but I've, I've never, like I never had a DS. I, I skipped to 3DS. So, uh, like, well, you I, can I kinda, still play it on 3DS. Yeah, and no, like that. That's how I played like the Pokemon games that were on DS. But like I, I, mm. I don't know. Like I, I just skipped a lot of it. You know. Also, also, I I played Mario sixty four before, so I, like I didn't need it on DS. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least like that one, it wasn't a straight port. Like it, it did upgrade and add yeah. a lot of stuff to it. Um, yeah, but like, yeah. So SpongeBob is is fun, especially in that it's 
Like it, it knows what to do to make that kind of platformer fun. Yeah. With, like the freedom to go around doing whichever objective you feel like and that your progress is based on how many of them you complete regardless of which ones you complete. Yeah, it, it's it's very good at being a platformer and very good at being a SpongeBob game, which is mm. the most you could possibly ask for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like a surprising num like faithfulness to the show and references to the show. Yeah, like ninety ninety percent of the original voice cast too, except for yeah. M- Mr. Krabs, who sounds pretty bad, and Mermaid Man, who sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, those two were out of their price range, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, so... hmm. So, uh, so... You were gonna say something before I jump to another game? Yeah, I just wanted to ask, have you ever played, uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom before? Nope, nope, this is the first time. Okay, so you you didn't do the, the final boss yet, then? Nope, I'm assuming it's a robot Spongebob based on the fact that the first boss was a robot Sandy and the second was a robot Patrick. And those are the three playable characters. Um, yes, it, it is. I only said that because you guessed right and also it's in the like main menu art. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's on the box art. This, yeah. The giant kung fu Spongebob robot. So, yeah, that's it. It's also like a like a uh, two or three stage boss fight. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, like the the Patrick one was kind of a pain cuz it's like this this like acid ice cream or something. It's like fills up the stage and you just have to like swing around and make barrels fall so you can hit him in the back. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird like it it seems like in the remake uh in the original, it seemed like uh, like landing and stuff like that would bounce you more than it does in the like. In the original, it, w- it would bounce you more than it does in the remake. Like, in in the remake, mm. it seems like in, unless you're like right next to the platform uh, you jumped off of, it would just mm. instant kill you. Mm. Um, whereas in the original, like m- a lot more often, it would just bounce you back to where you jumped from. Okay, so it's um, like when Mario falls in lava and you get shot back up. Yeah. Well, well like, yeah, but like ba- basically it would kind of like instantly send you there instead of like giving you control over where he falls. Oh, yeah, yeah, make you have to find a safe place to land. Yeah, wh- whereas in in the remake, uh, like it, it instant kills you a lot more. Uh, I mean, it... It might just be my memory being off because I haven't played mm. that in like ten years. Um, but it it seems like, however, they designed the that part of the game, like falling off cliffs and you know, like falling into goo. Um, they designed it to be more punishing, which is really weird. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, also, yeah, yeah. They, they they don't let you play as Sandy enough. She's the most fun to play as. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so so it's like each section, I guess, you can be SpongeBob or 
either Patrick or Sandy. It's like, like I don't remember if there were any sections where all three of them were available. I think it's just no. Patrick and Sandy are alternatives to SpongeBob. Yeah, it's like there, there's... Like every time you go to an area that there's like a bus stop that'll let you change characters and it like you, you basically have to do like half the level as Spongebob and half the level as either Patrick or Sandy depending on which one they let you be yeah so like I, mean, jo- I feel like jo- I haven't jumped Jelly- Patrick as much like I've, like Sandy because she's got you know the extra jumps and like really you know better jumping power than than Spongebob. You know, it gives you more yeah. control over the platforming, so usually if I play as her, I'd stick with her. Plus, like, the whole lasso thing to, like, instant kill some of the bigger robots is a lot yeah. easier than Spongebob. Like, you have to get up in their face and hit them with a net and then run away before they hit you. Yeah, like, she, she's just... <laughs> she she just plays a lot better than the other two. But it, yeah. it seems like, to me at least, like, you don't play as her as much as the other ones. Mm. Or... As much as Patrick, I guess. Because, I mean, of course you would play a Spongebob more. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I think the Patrick's... I use Patrick if I need to. But he's kind of slow and like his jumping's not as good. So. Yeah, like... And, like, his abilities aren't... Like, he can ground pound, basically, and that's about it. Yeah, like, he can throw things, and if you manage to stun something without killing it, he can throw it. Yeah, that that's useful, like, three times yeah. in, the, in the game. Also, I found this glitch, where I'm playing as Sandy in Sandy's Tree Dome with Sandy, trying to, uh, like, plug the water. Hmm. So is that, like, do you have to go back? Because I thought it was Patrick or Spongebob were the options in there. Or, I know uh, Sponge because I, I remember I had to play a Spongebob for, like, the first time in it. Yeah. B- basically, uh, the, the way you're supposed to do it is, uh, you, you, like, Sandy's Tree Dome is just, like, in the hub world, which you yeah. can only play as Spongebob. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're only supposed to be able to do it as Spongebob. But uh, I was in one of the levels. Oh, and, you uh, teleported into the tree dome? Yeah, like because the they they give you an option to fast travel to uh, any any spatula you don't have yet. Yeah. Or or any or any spatula a- anyone you've seen and been told about. Yeah, like any any spatula you know about. Um, yeah. So I was playing as Sandy, and I teleported to the tree dome spatula um just because i I thought it would put me like outside a tree dome because i i wanted to go to rock bottom or something in that area um and it ended up putting me like playing as sandy like in her in her uh in her suit um like in the tree dome with sandy outside of her suit uh, trying to plug up the yeah, water. So which is the real yeah. one and which is the clone? <laughs> which is the Ben Riley in the situation? Um, Ben Riley is hotter, so I'd okay, say so that's the bikini. The Sandy. Sandy in her bikini, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're stuck as for Peter Parker, Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. 
Um, okay, what else did you play? <laughs> uh, let's see. I started playing the Ghostbusters game. Um, uh, it's really good, but it it's not like a pick up and play casual kind of game. It's like when you play it, you kind of gotta play it. But it's it's surprising. It, it is probably the best Ghostbusters simulator they could have made. Um, it's like a third-person shooter, but it's like you're playing as the new guy on the team. They've got all the you know the movie cast back as the voice actors for the you know the main four Ghostbusters. Um, and at least so far, it's like like the story. It's definitely like a lot of like greatest hits kind of stuff. Like there, there's a new Gozer ghost outbreak going on so you fight mr stay puffed you know like you fight the librarian ghost um you know it's a lot of like the stuff from the movies but it's also after the movie so like um the uh, uh that painting of that guy from ghostbusters 2 is there in the firehouse and you can talk to it and it just says random things um <laughs> And then, yeah, like, you can just, like, hang out in the firehouse listening to, uh, you know, the secretary just getting calls and being annoyed at people. Um, so I haven't gotten that far in the story, but it is, you know, it, it's like, like, you'll go to an area, like, the hotel, like, Slimer. You have to, you know, hunt down Slimer again, because he breaks out. Um, and you've got, like, your PKE meter goes into, like, a first-person view mode. So that's like the horror kind of thing of like you're scanning and looking for blips to see if there's a hidden ghost somewhere. And then when the ghost comes out, then you have to switch into like the third person shooter mode of zapping it with the uh, proton pack. And then you your ghost trap on the ground and you have to like wrangle it and pull it toward the trap and get it to stay above the trap long enough that it goes inside. Um, so yeah, like it's pretty good. It's just... You know, I, I've mostly I've had more time and energy for, you know, like like platforming, like the short bursts of play that you get from, like Mario and SpongeBob, and not the like probably an hour or two that it would take to beat each level of Ghostbusters. Yeah, I I I really don't know anything about the game at all. Like I I played the demo like. Ten years ago, or whenever it first came out. Yeah, it was originally. Let's see. So, do you know what, what year it came out? I'm curious. I don't. I want to say 2009, like 2009 or 2010. That sounds about like, right. It, it was before the reboot movie happened. You know, back when. Um, oh yeah, I, when it was the, the whole cast was still alive. Well before that. Um, yeah. And William. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, people, like, I'd heard people say that this game is basically the Ghostbusters 3 that, you know, people wanted to see. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the Ghostbusters reboot, I mean, I know some people like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's dumb. But, like, to me, it's, it was... It's a movie that if you enjoy it, it's because it's, you don't mind that it's it's a silly, dumb movie. Yeah, like, I mean, even, like, Ghostbusters 2 isn't great, mm. but it at least felt, it felt like they were trying. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 2, two did <laughs> have, mo the, there's, like, no heartfelt moments in the reboot, really. It's all, it's just the yeah. quippy comedy, um, 
and yeah yeah like it 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 feels like they just got together and bullshitted their way through yeah. it which i mean from what i've heard of the filming process right. is basically what they did they just like improved all the scenes yeah yeah which i mean it can work for some things but i mean if you're if you're trying to make a ghostbusters movie like you you probably want to write some of your jokes mm. because i mean a, a lot of what made the original ghostbusters great was well written jokes uh acted exactly mm. as they should be yeah and i mean like ghost even ghostbusters too like there there's enough horror elements to ground the action that's going on and make the comedy you know stand out it's like like a lot of like the comedy comes from the contrast of like this serious situation and these guys that don't take it seriously <laughs> yeah yeah like you I'm, get all i mean the scene, they they have to yeah, fight like yeah like the scenes of uh, dana getting they, possessed they, they, and they stuff Yeah, which is serious for her. Like it, it's it's a legitimate, like apocalyptic scenario, and then there, there's these chuckle yeah, fucks, the exterminators like, arguing, arguing with each other, to like deal with it. <laughs> yeah, like these typical like New York assholes, like just <laughs> like bullshitting yeah. with each other. Um, and then there's a giant marshmallow yeah. man yeah which i mean works in the first movie like it's got the setup of you know you see like a bag of marshmallows with this guy on it so you know it's like it's a brand and that it's hilarious that that is the thing they would think of when told to pick the form of their destructor um, yeah but. and and then every other single ghostbusters thing has to bring it in because yeah. it's iconic yeah, like, in um, context, it, it only no worked sense. in the first one. Like, they would know not to do that again if... Yeah. You know, if the same situation came up and told them to, you know, choose a form. They're not going to pick the one they picked the first time. Yeah. It... I... It, it's kind of like Pyramid Head um, oh, in yeah. Silent Hill, where, like, it it made sense in that one game... And then, like, it became a symbol of the brand, so they just threw it in uh, a bunch of... Like, I, I think it started mm. with the movie, but they also threw it in the yeah, game Yeah, I mean, that's too, even, I you know, Resident I, Evil, kind of sure. like Wesker. I, he was just, like, the guy who betrays you in the first game and then dies. But then he became, like, the main villain of the movies, so they had to resurrect him in the games, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And have Chris punch yeah. rocks at him in a I mean, volcano. That, that doesn't bother me as much, just because, like, like he still, he still was mm-hmm. an actual villain, and uh, I, I don't know, I, mm. I, I don't, I really don't want to get into Resident Evil. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> because I have a lot of feelings, and most of them are not good. Mm. Um, yeah. Let me just. Okay, so the other um, game, I just started playing it today. Uh, although, I guess yesterday I was watching a bunch of streams from uh, Jacob from Drawfee. They, they do, like, Let's Plays kind of things. And they were playing a game called Human Fall Flat. 
Yeah. Which I found was on sale on Switch, so I bought it. And it's cute. It's like a physics game. You're like a clumsy human who you, you can control your right arm and your left arm, and you can like stumble around and do basic jumps. And you're solving like physics puzzles of like pushing things and pulling things and picking things up and putting them down. So is it one of those... So is it like yeah. ragdoll physics where... Yeah, it's one of those okay. kind of games. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like an Octodad kind of game. Yeah, I that that's the one I was looking for, but couldn't think of. Mm. That, that sounds awesome. Yeah, let's see. Okay, yeah, so, just peeking at my notes. The other game things I have, um, so the D and D campaign that I was trying to get started, I did end up starting it over the last two weeks, um, just at home, introducing my parents and brother to how to play D and D. So, game is happening. Um, they seem to be having fun with it. I mean, I'm, I'm still kind of introducing them to like how to role play because their characters don't have a lot of character. My mom's character kind of does, because hers she started off with a background feature that um, made it more likely for her to pick up treasure. So she's just become kind of greedy and like looking for treasure everywhere, um, <laughs> which is a personality trait. So, you know, that's something. Um, so, yeah. but otherwise, I mean, you yeah. guys start off basic. I mean, so I started them off with the the same Ghost of Salt Marsh module that I used to start this campaign the first time I ran it, and then they got to walk around my my town um, at the end of the last session. And the next session will be the one where I introduce my wonderful trash baby party for them to have hang out on their ship. <laughs> I can't remember. Somebody said something about. Like McDonald's or something, you know, like referencing one of the, one of the things that happened like on the the pirate ship that they were on, and I was like, oh, just wait till next week because I know they're gonna meet Donald McRonald, the <laughs> insane serial killer, uh, <laughs> Ronald McDonald knockoff. Uh, nice. But, yeah. So <laughs> so yeah. So that's that's where that is at. Um. And then the other thing I had, a uh, new Magic the Gathering set came out. Also, you, inspired by Game Grumps, started playing a little bit of Magic. Yeah, I I played several games hmm. of Magic Arena. And uh, then I built a deck, and it didn't hmm. do well. And then I played yeah. SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to my table. Yeah, talk. I mean, because Arena, I think, is mostly standard. And everything I hear about standard is just people complaining about how certain cards are completely broken. So, the latest thing to break standard is the new yeah, Omnath yeah. card, which I built a commander deck around because it's a great card. And But I can see where standard doesn't really have enough to deal with something like that. Like, Commander, you have access to all the card, n- nearly all the cards that have been printed in the last 20-something years. Like, aside from a couple, there's like 20 or 30 banned cards out of all those cards. Um, but in Standard, you've only got like two years worth of sets to pick from, and yeah, I can see where there wouldn't be enough to really deal with Omnath getting triple landfalls and card draw. And in Standard, you can have four copies of him. Yeah, in Commander, like I can only have one copy of him in the deck. Huh. Yeah, like it, it's 
like it, it seems a lot harder to get into magic than something like Hearthstone, which was designed to be easy mm. to get into. Like, but like even even like the the UI and Magic Arena, it's like I don't know what half of this stuff means, and they don't really explain it well most of the time. Yeah, I don't know how Arena um, handles stuff like casting on other people's turns because. I mean, you know, like, it took me a while to realize that, you, like, it's advantageous to cast things that aren't, you know, like, obviously a counterspell. Something you play a counterspell in response. Like, obviously you do that on someone else's turn, but, like, sometimes it's good, like, if you have a thing you can cast at instant speed, to not cast it on your turn and leave the mana up so that your opponent thinks you're going to do something, and then at the end of their turn before your turn starts, you play it so that your mana all untaps at the start of your turn. Yeah. yeah, that that's kind of awkward in arena because uh, you, if if you don't have a card mm. that will let you do that, um, oh. it auto passes. But if you then do, it asks you every time if you um, want to. You pass have to or... manually pass. Yeah, so like after every every phase of their turn. Yeah, are you um, sure you don't want to play it yet? Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! game so like, on Switch did the same thing. It's like, anytime I get uh, Mystical Cyclone, the, the the quick spell that destroys target thing, if it sees any target, even if it's my own, it's like, are you sure you don't want to destroy your own card? Because it just sees a trigger could happen. Yeah, it, 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 it it's like, if I'm playing a, a red deck and I have, uh, I could play a Shock. Oh, yeah. Um, like, then every every time they play a card on their turn, you know, like it, it goes yeah. to their turn. It's like, like, are you sure you don't want to hit them for? Two I don't yet? think it does it. Yeah, it's it's like they they play they play anything but a land. It's like they they play a creature, and it's like, do you want to use shock? No, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, they played another creature. Do you want to use shock? No, okay. They're they're attacking. Yeah. Uh, or well, it's the beginning of their attack turn, uh, mm. attack phase. Do yeah, you they're use declaring shock? attackers, and no? then you're declaring okay. blockers, and then you assign damage. Yeah, every every single every single time you it it like you can turn it off. Mm. Like there, there's a there's a little button in the corner where it's like past the rest of the turn. Okay. So like, but but then you don't know if they play if... something that you want to use it on. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It was designed for paper, and making it work in digital doesn't yeah. always work right. I I respect Hearthstone, um, like the way Hearthstone was designed more. Mm. Um, now that I've played Magic Arena, yeah, because that's built um, from the ground even up. Though for I don't respect play. Blizzard. Yeah, yeah, like it, it's. And, but but yeah, like th- that's where like ninety percent of the problems are. Just like paper to to digital, just is very mm. awkward when it comes to Magic yeah. Arena. And also, like I feel, I mean, I've never really had much fun with standard or even like sixty card play. It's like Commander, and I guess, I guess on Arena, I don't know how often they let you play Brawl, but that would probably be more fun because that's. Brawl is like 60 card version of Commander. 
you build a deck that has... You can only have one of each card unless it's a basic land. Uh, you pick one of them that is your commander, and it sits outside the game, and you can play them whenever. And if they die or get removed from the board, you can send them back to the command zone, and it costs you an extra two for each time they've gone back to bring them out again. But y you have like a card that you always have access to, and you've got singles of the other things, and then it's multiplayer. So you're... You know, like, some cards will have, like, an effect that targets one player or one target. And some will say, like, destroy all creatures. Which is very useful in Commander because you'll have, like, three other people at the table with you. And one of them's going off and they've got all this stuff. And one of them's got, like, a giant thing. And then you just destroy both of their boards at once. So. And then also, like, you can get, like, in a Mexican standoff yeah, kind of scenario. Like, who's going to hit who? Brawl, but... So. Yeah, we 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 got kind of desynced there for a second, I think. Um, mm. But I, I I heard most of what you were saying. Um, like th there's there's a section uh, for brawl in Magic Arena, but they they don't really explain mm. it well. Like when you go to build your deck, so I was like, do I want to try this complicated thing yeah, before I even I mean, really have a handle on the game? I don't know if... I know Commander um, is considered to I, be a casual format, and I assume Brawl is the same way. It's more casual than competitive because of it being, like, multiplayer and just, you know, so many crazy things that can happen, but... Um, see, that, see that, that that's the thing, though. Like, they explain to hmm. you the basics of how to play in, in, a, in a tutorial, but they don't... They don't even really give you suggestions mm. on how to build a deck. Like they, they give you, they give you basic decks that you know, like kind of, kind of like show you what a what a the yeah. individual colors can do. Like a like red red's a you know rush down yeah. make a lot of goblins. Yeah, red is like aggro know, attack, and attack 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 like direct damage. You know, yeah, that's, and but like they they don't really. I don't I don't want to say teach you how to build a deck, but like they mm. really don't even encourage yeah, you. Yeah, do, do to they give build you like ratios deck. to tell you like in a sixty I, card I deck know. you should have? I want to say twenty five lands, um, probably like ten non creature spells and the rest of them creatures, something like that. I don't, I don't, mm. I don't think so, but, like, they, I don't know, it's kind of hard to, I, mm. know, I, I built my deck, like, over a week ago, so, um, and I, I haven't really gone back to it since, so yeah. it's not really fresh in my head, but it, it, it seems like they, you know, like they they give you packs and gold to buy packs with, but they don't. Yeah, but like unless you already know what you're don't doing, you don't really know which cards are worth getting. Yeah, exactly. Like they they give you. They they give you these things called wild cards um, of different rarities to, you know, like craft individual uh, cards with. Mm. So like I, I got a. I've got a common wild card. I can cre create any common mm. card or something like that. But 
they they give you these and they tell you what they do, but they don't really explain like how you should try to use them. Like they, I, I don't know. Like yeah. they, like, I don't think that they should like tell you what you should use it on or anything like that. But they should at least like try to guide you into building. Like your first deck in a certain way. Yeah, like I'd probably I, I offer know, more options because even within a color, there's a lot of different strategies you can do. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's. I mean, like Magic is a fun game in itself. It's just, at least for me, like very hard to get into. Yeah, because. Not only is there uh, decades of history, but also, um, like trying to trying to break in when it seems like everybody else knows what they're doing. Because, mm. um, like, I, I mean, like w when you when you can go to a card shop and play with people who've played for years, like they, you know, like they can like slow it down and go easy yeah. on you, basically. Oh but yeah, yeah. When you're playing yeah, online, when it's online, and you get like the tryhards, like even like the some of the assholes who will build decks yeah. with the idea that they want you to quit because if you scoop, they win. So they'll just yeah. lock you down in a situation where you're like, "Fuck this," and yeah. Like if if you do that in a commander game, then yeah, you can like, see that every you know, like, you know, at a table at a game shop, you can see that everybody else hates you, and will either immediately target you first on the next game. Or uh, just refuse to play with you. <laughs> like yeah. I know, if I get in a frustrating like, game, that's when I break like out Villas, and it's like, okay, I'm gonna kill spell all your shit now. I, you're speaking another language, but I get yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, my my mono black, my first deck, which I've had a lot of time to refine and work on, it's pretty mean now. It's got like multiple two card combos that drain everyone's life. That sounds mm. fun. Yeah, especially because the commander so, of it makes like it so whenever I take damage, I draw cards. So it's like, hey, nice. hit me. I'll draw cards and get a response. <laughs> or I'll just hit myself. You know, I'll play a mana crypt where the drawback is you have to flip a coin and if heads you lose three life. And then I lose three life. It's like, cool, I'm drawing three cards. The only life that matters is the last one. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I've got for game stuff. So we've got... Yeah, we 45 minutes to talk Marvel. So, so I, I technically got into magic, but not really. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you, you dipped your toe in magic and realized it's a pretty big pool. I know when I started actually playing the game and not just collecting, I dropped off it for a couple... Like, I got started, got frustrated, dropped off it for a couple months, and then someone mentioned I should go back to the game store, and so I tried it again and yeah. got into it after I mean, that. At this point, it's just like... I I I'm not I'm not in the place where I want I want to put in work to have fun with the game. Mm. Like I kind of just want to. Like at this point in the year 2020, um, yeah. I just want to, you know, like put something on and have fun. <laughs> like I, I don't. Yeah, and and if you get into I, the game, it's a money sink. So you yeah. kiss your wallet goodbye. Yeah, like I. I I paid five dollars to open like twenty whatever packs, and mm. I I don't 
I don't regret that because I I think I will get back to it eventually, but hmm. I don't think I want to spend any more money on it. At least not a digital version. Like if I get yeah, into and it, not until I'll you buy. know which cards you're looking for. Yeah, because like I I kind of already had choice paralysis with like trying to craft cards for a deck. Hmm. You know, because like I I'm very limited. So like yeah, I, and and if you're playing standard, then you have the issue of all those cards rotate out every two years. Yeah, but uh, anyway, enough about Magic. What are are we are we finally uh, on Marvel? Finally doing the Marvel thing, yeah. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's talk so about. Do we start with Civil War. Yeah, um, God, it's really good. <laughs> mm. Um, you know what? Done. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, I'm just looking at my notes on Civil War. Um, yeah, I mean, some of them are just notes on like some of the things that were like surprisingly good. Um, like th- there's a scene that seems kind of pointless, but actually like foreshadows. Like so, th- there's like just a quick scene. Where Zemo is at the airport listening to a phone call from his wife, and you not you don't really think about it until you watch it back on like a future viewing and know that she's already dead. So he's like listening to a recording of her. He's not you know on the phone with her as he's yeah. about to go kill people. Yeah, because I think he listens to it like two more times over the course of the movie. Like yeah, like w- once when it's all done. Um, yeah, like he listens to it again at the end, and that's like when you you know realize he was listening to a recording. He wasn't you know talking yeah. on the phone, and you just didn't hear his side of it. Like he's basically Drax, except mm. a lot more dramatic. Mm. <laughs> or, I mean, is it? I mean the the Avengers basically killed his uh, wife and child, and uh, he wants revenge. Yeah. Yeah, or, like not even his wife and child, like his entire family, like his parents and everything too. Yeah. Yeah, I also noticed like during like the big, you know, the superhero fight that's like the big trailer moment. Um, it's actually playing kind of like a tragic music in the background because this is like the villain's plan acting out of making all these guys fight each other. Yeah. So it's you know like like the big money shot of them all like throwing down after they form their two lines and stuff, and it's just like dark music um yeah cause I mean it, it is a terrible thing that's happening it's just yeah. um it's also very cool <laughs> yeah it, I was also keeping track of like, who caused and, and, the most damage at the airport and it was Ant-Man oh definitely yeah like Ant-Man like and he, then like he, Wanda and Vision second you know they, they both did a lot too like like he he throws the truck filled with jet fuel <laughs> yeah it's a water truck how do you and then when, that, he, when that he turns into giant man, he like rips the wing off an airplane. Yeah, like th- those things cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and he he just like tears through them like paper. Yeah. I I don't I also just just a, just a side note. Um, how do how, how does how does does the giant man technology work differently? Because like he sh- he shouldn't be super strong when he's super big. Like yeah, it's one of those. 
inconsistent things like you know the the it, tank keychain yeah like it, it's it's not even consistent in in ant-man like the the movie like yeah. uh, his own movie yeah but like when you when you like when you switch over to giant man it's like this makes no sense at all yeah he should have the proportionate strength of a regular human while he's giant yeah like he should float away <laughs> because he's probably <laughs> lighter than air yeah um but I, I you're not supposed to think about it yeah no the the science they gave for how ant-man's powers work is just bullshit they made up to justify why he can punch really hard while he's small and after that you're not supposed yeah. to think about it i mean i mean it's, it's it's the same science that that says that captain america can weigh down a helicopter trying to take off yeah before he even uh grabs onto anything yeah but also that's a, another really cool scene so i mean don't think about it yeah I mean, like, really nothing physically makes sense about a superhero fight. Because, like, if you punch somebody with, uh, with force that is, like, more than you weigh, you should fly back as well. Mm. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you really shouldn't think about that one. Mm. Um, where were we? I'm <laughs> uh, just um, talking about stuff in Civil War. So, I guess, move on to Doctor Strange. Well, I, I I just want to say like I most of the fights in the MCU like most of the action scenes in the MCU like I I really don't care about, mm. but the the one at the end cause, like just like just to elaborate like just because they they're kind of basic, um, you know like how many times can you see Iron Man flying around and blasting things uh, before it gets mm. old? But yeah. Like the the one at the one at the end where Captain America and uh, Bucky are just like wailing on Iron Man with the shield, mm. like that. That might be the the best action scene in uh, the MCU, just because n- not only yeah. is it like very cool and well choreographed, it also means more than pretty much any of them. Yeah, it's like like they had the choreography that they did on like the the boat fight at the start of Winter Soldier, but put it into a moment yeah. where there's actually like a lot of you know emotional weight behind what's going on. Right, like like the 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 character motivations are there, like the the music, the visuals, like it, like it's it's basically like every everything people like about Marvel movies, like just all put into like I don't know what fifteen twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah, because like, like you know, like the whole Sokovia Accords thing. And as far as yeah. all the superheroes are concerned, they're basically against it. They just you know, some of them took longer to get to that point than others. But that fight at the end yeah. wasn't about that. It was about Bucky killed Iron Man's parents, and so he yeah. wants to kill him for that. And Cap wants to protect his friend. Yeah, like I mean that. That's kind of the one thing I don't like about. Civil War is that mm. like a like a lot of Marvel movies like it brings something up like the Sokovia Accords but then it kind of all falls away once the villain reveals their actual plan. Yeah. No, like the 
like the the spy stuff in uh, Winter Soldier. Like Captain America doesn't want the helicarriers to fly because he doesn't like the invasion of privacy. Mm. But once once he finds out that Hydra's behind it, the invasion of privacy thing doesn't matter. Yeah, it's more like, like they're the, going to the, mass kill everyone they don't like. Yeah, like it, it's it's like a moral dilemma that turns into a like good versus evil uh, thing. Yeah, I mean they they kind of do that, and like it's the same shit as Iron Man too, where like oh Ivan Vanko's is mad at Tony Stark because his dad uh, was framed, but. Oh no, he his dad wasn't framed. He was going to sell it to bad people. So it's a good thing that uh, Howard Stark decredited him <laughs> from all the technology. Like they, they like they they bring up they bring up like actual solid like gray area points, but then at the end of the day, it's just good versus evil because we need a climax. Yeah. And I mean, like that—that's basically my biggest problem with Civil War is that mm. at the end the Sokovia Accords don't mean anything. Like they're—they're they're just an excuse to get the heroes on opposite sides. Okay, there it goes. Disc- yeah, Discord was frozen for a second. Um, so I don't know if it caught what I said. I guess I'll say it again. Um, okay, yeah, because I was, I was trying to talk about so Doctor Strange. Um, Okay. So I think like the things that work about Doctor Strange, um, yeah, like even in the comics, I think he has a really solid origin story. Which like a lot of these Marvel heroes, especially from like the '60s and '70s, they just like they were on their A game for coming up with like an origin story that's like interesting that explains their motivation. It's got like an ironic twist of some sort that you know, like with his, it was that he's um, a doctor who's like an asshole who, you know, could help more people and just doesn't want to uh, because of his pride. And then his hands get damaged and he can't, you know, do surgery anymore. And I did notice in this movie version, there, there's a thing I think was in the comic, it was definitely in the animated movie, that they didn't really have in this, which is that when his hands get injured, somebody brings up the idea, it's like, hey, you could be a consultant. You know, you don't have to perform the surgeries yourself. And his pride makes him go, like, no, I have to do it myself. Like, I need, you know, all the credit. Um, which, in, in this movie, they don't have that. Instead, they have him have a fight with his pointless girlfriend. Um, yeah. But but still, like, you know, the idea that he's just, you know, he, he is so proud <laughs> of his, you know, work that he um, bankrupts himself trying to fix his hands. And then ends up discovering this, like, you know, secret temple and magic power. And his hands still don't work, but it doesn't matter because he can do all the magic now. Yeah. And then the movie adds in the Dormammu thing, which was, you know, I mean, one, I was happy Dormammu was there because he's, like, the only Doctor Strange villain that I know. And two, the way they played that (laughs) out, that it's, like, it's not about punching this thing to death. It's, you know, he has to sacrifice himself to stop Dormammu from being able to hurt anyone. That is easily the best part of Doctor Strange. Mm. <laughs> like, it's... Not... Like, I mean, I like the rest of the movie, but... Um, 
being basically the only Marvel movie to not end with a big yeah. fight is uh, I respect yeah. it. Especially because it makes complete sense with what they set up to. Yeah, that they're trying to teach him to be selfless, so let's have him actually be selfless at the climax. Yeah. Plus, they they set up that Dormammu doesn't care about time. Like his dimension doesn't have yeah. time. Yeah, and they, so they had to set up the time, time stone because that's one of the two missing stones from the series. Yeah. Yeah, like they, like some of the stones don't really fit too well in the movies mm. they're in, but the time stone being in Doctor Strange and they they actually use it to uh, its full ability, which is mm. pretty cool. Yeah, I think by that point they'd figured like they, out they what use it for what stone was going to do what, because like in Thor two, yeah. they clearly didn't know what the red stone was. It's just a powerful thing. Yeah. And, and, like, the purple one in Guardians being yeah, like, the power stone, yeah. like, that's... It was going to be a big, powerful thing anyway, it, so... That one has, you know, its own ability as its excuse for yeah, being like, bland. It, 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 it could have been any, like, powerful artifact. Like, it didn't have to be an Infinity yeah. Stone, but that's what they were doing, so it, it worked out. But, yeah, like, I, I, I really like the effects of, of the Doctor Strange fights. Mm. Uh, the... Like the, the like weird Inception world city bending effects. Yeah, basically. And, and like uh, when he um, goes through like, the trip and sees hands growing out of fingers. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, like I said, like I don't really care about a lot of MCU action scenes because a, a lot of them are just you know, like enemies getting blown up for no hmm. reason. Like, well, not for no reason, but, like, without anything more interesting going on. But, mm. like, if you're going to have those, like, at least have them be visually cool. <laughs> like in Doctor Strange. Mm. Like, I like the mind-trippy uh, parts yeah. of it. Yeah. Also, a, a detail that I noticed this time that I hadn't picked up on. When Strange is driving in the car before his big accident, and he's being... Like, someone is telling him about you know, some, like, cases he could take on. One of them is, um, a military colonel who was uh, in a mech suit uh, and, uh, became paralyzed from the waist down. So it's Rhodey. Yeah, the, the hammer. The oh, it could be the pilot. hammer, but I thought it was Rhodey. <laughs> from, because Civil War happened around the first half of Doctor Strange before the time jump. So... Rhodey got oh, injured, and then they called sense. Doctor Strange and like, "Hey, do you want to fix him?" And he's like, "Nah, that sounds boring." Huh? See, I I, I was thinking the because the, yeah, there was the hammer guy I was in the video the, the, got twisted the hammer. in half, but I was thinking that because he uh, they, first of all, he said he he said that that guy lived, but also because he said it happened in like a training. Uh, uh accident, yeah, but, I figured that was an excuse the, that, for. The, the training act war machine yeah so it that your, your thing probably yeah. makes more sense because that was more <laughs> recent and they forget things but, that happened years ago in the movies yeah but uh, also i don't i don't know the time frame like is, is dr strange supposed to be uh yeah no so yeah the the time like, frame I, of I dr strange is it came out in november of 
2016, and that's when the end part of the movie, before his training, or after his training, like, the stuff after his training was in November. The stuff before his training was supposed to be around the same time as Civil War, which came out in May, so it's around early summer. Okay. And then Spider-Man Homecoming happens around September of 2016, even though the 2017, because it was the start of the school year after um, the the trip to Berlin in Civil War. Okay. So he becomes like the most powerful yeah. sorcerer in yeah. six months. Yeah. Okay. I mean that it it makes sense for his character, I guess, because he's supposed to be. Um, like yeah, he's guy, a super but... fast learner, and he just read a lot of books and studied them super hard. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I have looked I mean, up the official timeline, and that's there, there's really said. not that much that, that like that, there's just weirdly not that much to say about Doctor Strange, or, like other than the mm. you know Dormammu and the the visuals, because I mean the rest of it is basically just hey, it's yeah. a MCU movie. An MCU yeah, and I, origin I, I movie. Still, I think Kaecilius, the villain, it's kind of weird how, like, like his whole you know, motivation and stuff, like, he wants to stop people from dying, which seems like it would be a good thing. So it's like they have to, you know, show him doing evil things to say, even though he... It's, it's like, I think that was when they were starting to really address how bland their villains had been up to that point. That it's like, we need to give them interesting and compelling motivations so they give him a motivation that should make him a yeah. good guy but then people are just like well look at your eyes like clearly you're serving some kind of demon or something yeah but he want he he's also being influenced by um like basically like a lovecraftian being <laughs> so. yeah but it's, it's the same one that the you know, sorcerer supreme is drawing power from yeah that that's that's the conflict so like the movie is kind of all over the place on like trying to make him sympathetic but also trying to make him a bad guy yeah like well that that's the thing is that like he he could like he could teach people to have eternal life just Mm. use the same um like use the same method as uh the the ancient ancient one? one uses yeah yeah yeah, but but no, we have to teleport yeah, Earth. But to he the wants dark to dimension. turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't I didn't come up with that. I well, I, I heard the first that, half, and it's like he wants to do this, and it's like, but he or he could do this, <laughs> but he wants to turn people into dinosaurs. Exactly. You, so I you could go that eat a sandwich right now, but I want to turn people into dinosaurs. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, because I, I I put that in my notes because I noticed like the same thing in Spider-Man: Homecoming with Vulture that it's like they give him such a sympathetic motivation that it's like okay, we have to see him committing atrocities to you know make it so it can still be a good versus evil thing, even though this guy. Yeah clearly got screwed hard by stark and the avengers yeah i mean even was just even Vulture, you know, he really only cleaning kills up the one guy right yeah he accidentally kills 
the first shocker because he was being a dick and he didn't realize that the gun he pointed at him was lethal. Yeah, like he he, he thought he had like a Gordon Spider-Man. Freeman gravity gun and no, he had the incinerator. Yeah, like he he threatens to kill Spider-Man, but like he really only kills the original shocker. Yeah. Um and he's like stealing of, uh, tech and selling it to people, but I mean, so did Tony. I mean, he didn't steal his tech, he made his tech, but still Tony was selling weapons when he started. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Tony was selling, like, gun, well... He, he was selling the Jericho missile. It, it, oh, that's true. Like, he he was selling it to, like, an actual government, and I mean, we can... Oh, yeah, it wasn't black about, market stuff, but... I mean, not not directly, not him, but I yeah. mean, it was his company. So I mean, you know, like gray, gray, but I mean, he was like, Tombs was selling to like actual, like I'm go- like bank robbers and yeah. shit. And, like, and I guess people... Vulture is kind of set up for a redemption arc at this point, so you know they could still do something with him. He he is. He's sympathetic enough not to spoil Peter's identity. Yeah. But, I mean, if given the chance to kill him again, he probably would. I mean, I feel like if they do a Sinister Six movie and bring him back for that, he's going to be the one who ends up saving Peter's ass when he gets in, you know, about to be killed by the six of them. He's, He's going to sacrifice himself to save Peter. Um, at the yeah. end, when they're all against him. Yeah, when Doc I mean, Ock's about to rip his head off, he's gonna, you know, fly him out of there. Or, like, throw him off I mean, the building I mean, so they don't kill him. Cause, I mean, by, by, the end, by the end of Homecoming, like, he saved his daughter's life, and he saved... Uh, Spider-Man saved his daughter's life, and Spider-Man saved his life. Yeah. And he... He seems to at least believe that he's a man of principle. Yeah, I think um, he can appreciate that. You know, Peter is trying to do what he thinks is right. You know, even if it's you know in the way of Vulture's own self-interest. Yeah, because like he knows that what he's doing isn't right, and that Peter's just like a naive kid trying to do his best, even yeah. if it it interferes directly with what he's trying to do yeah but he's just kind of a selfish asshole (laughs) yeah i mean i guess we'll see what he does in his appearance in the morbius movie if that has any bearing on anything yeah um i mean if anything it'll probably just make it impossible for him to be in the sinister six movie if they do one of those yeah It, it I don't, I don't even know what's going on <laughs> with any of it anymore to be honest. Like uh, like I know I know I know they've got a few like MCU shows um that should be releasing soon, right? But, uh they've all been delayed. L- latest thing actually okay. Black Widow has been delayed into May of next year and Eternals I is delayed into one. November of next year, but Shang-Chi is coming out in July of next year. So they've kind of changed the order. We're going to get three movies, but they're all going to be next year now. Yeah, so we 
I don't But I think the either. WandaVision show was far enough along that that one's actually going to come out first. And the Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier show has been delayed a bit longer because last I heard, the plot supposedly was going to involve a villain unleashing a deadly virus on the world. So that's <laughs> not happening anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess it needed to do reshoots. Yeah, they gotta go back and redo the script. Just, just like um, Zack Snyder needs to do reshoots for the Snyder Cut. Is, yeah, Snyder that... somehow got forty million more dollars to do some actual shooting on his recut of the movie that they said at first they weren't going to give him. I don't, I don't see how it can be anything other than a shit show. <laughs> it is. The reshoots alone are costing more than, I think, more than the entirety of the Joker movie cost. And that one made, like, a billion dollars <laughs> on its own. I don't understand, like, why... I don't, I don't, like, I honestly don't understand how they're even... Yeah, it, it is a very expensive like, marketing gimmick to get people to sign on to HBO Max. Yeah, but, like... So there goes their entire advertising budget for HBO Max into finishing this movie that some crazy people have been begging for for years. How many subscriptions? How many subscriptions would they even need to to make that back? Like, how is that? How is that at all? Yeah, I I I don't know how any of the subscription services are profitable, really. But I yeah, I I don't know. When you consider how much they cost per month compared to how much. Like if you buy a single Disney Blu-ray for twenty bucks, that's like two months worth, two three months worth of Disney Plus. So I don't know if the discs just weren't selling enough that that makes it now more profitable that you can get eight bucks a month from people in return, giving them like all you know like i'm not gonna buy onward now because i can just watch it it's it's there on the subscription service yeah i have no fucking idea <laughs> but i so, guess I, I mean i guess on, it is eyes on screens on and then you can sell your baby yoda merch because everybody watched mandalorian so maybe the money yeah. is still in merchandising like like it always was and it's just you make your service popular enough that you get people's attention and then you can sell them the merchandise after that yeah, I just like how do you merchandise like the Snyderverse though? Like, like uh, yeah, I don't because yeah, they're not even really. I don't get how keeping to that in anything after. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I I just don't get it at all. Um, but I mean, we've gone over that. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's well tread ground. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, which actually uh, reminds me, I did see Harley Quinn season two. Um, even though the DVD is not out yet, I could buy it all on Amazon without needing an HBO subscription. So I bought it and watched it, and it's good. Cool. They do like a no man's I, I land should, thing. I should probably watch it at some point. Mm. I mean, I know I should. Yeah. Um, um, but I have. But the other I movies... I have too many dragons to dogma. Yeah. The other three movies are Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Thor, Ragnarok, and Black Panther. The 
only note yeah. I wrote down for any of those was on Guardians 2, there's um, a thing that, I mean, it's a nitpick, but um, Sylvester Stallone yelling at Yondu about how he, uh, you know, ravagers don't deal in kids. Um, yeah. But I, I was under the impression that Peter Quill was the last one before he found out what Ego was doing with the kids that he got. And that was when Peter was a kid, so that's got to be, what, like 20 years ago? So Sylvester Stallone uh, yeah. is mad at him at something he did 20 years ago? Just now? Well, it... Like it, it sounds like long to they're really heavy, really heavy on the code thing. Mm. But, like, if, if they're that... But they should, yeah, have, like if they're should that, have called him out on it years ago. Like, or well, either that or that scene should have been a flashback. The, like, they show the falling out between them, you know, decades ago. And then it's just, he's he's still wearing the colors, but he hasn't been accepted by any of them since. I, I think, I think the idea is that, like, he's, he's pushed them away so long ago that he's kind of jaded at this point. Mm. And when he tries to get back in... Oh, uh, then they're just saying, hey, yeah, remember that thing you did? We're still mad at you about that. Yeah. But also, like, if they're that mad 20 years later, like, why why would they forgive him, like, at Rocket's request? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, but um, he sacrificed himself yeah. to try to fix the thing he did. Yeah. Like, it... I'll take it because mm. it's like I, I it might be my favorite movie my favorite moment in the MCU. Yeah. Is that it just the the fireworks display at the end? Mm. Um, I mean the part that gets me is the part right beautiful. before that with the may have been your father but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Guardians 2 is the best. Mm. Like it, it's it's legitimately one of my favorite movies ever. Mm. Like it, it, the middle kind of drags, but yeah, like uh, the I I I I love the beginning and the end so much that uh, yeah, it's like, like they I have to get them mind. to a place to set up the ending. Yeah, because like it it. It, it seems like they're not really going anywhere for part of the movie. Like, they're, it's kind of just exposition that, uh, you know, Ego doesn't really care about any of the species or or kids he's interacted with. Yeah. Yeah, well, trying but, to get like Peter on his side of, by showing him he's got superpowers and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, like, Drax doesn't really have anything to do. He's kind of just off to the side yeah Drax is very chipper now that um, you know he finally killed Ronan it's like all that weight is gone and he's just you know the jokey guy now like they they have that one moment where like him and Mantis are just like you know staring at the scenery Mm. and uh, he's thinking about his uh, family yeah and uh, she she feels what he's feeling and starts to cry. Yeah. And I mean that's cool, but also he doesn't actually show any of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, the emotional weight is more like Peter and Rocket and Yondu. Yeah, like, and 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 the the B plot being uh, Nebula and Gamora. Yeah. Because uh, honestly, honestly, that that whole scene where uh, Nebula is going after her in the ship, um, and then they they dive into the cave. Mm. Like that that is it it's so like over the top and then you know, and then they talk it out. <laughs> it's it's I don't know what about it I love so much, but it I, I don't know. Mm. I'm into it. Yeah. just because like the the image of Gamora with like the the machine gun that's like five times her size on her shoulder, mm. like shooting at the at the ship with nebula in it. Yeah. I I don't know. I love it. Um, also, they gave Rocket his own action scene, which was needed. I think. Yeah, I mean, like, Rocket was, like, one of the big focus, you know, because it's, like, I don't know if they'd call him an A-plot and a B-plot, or, like, both A-plots. Like, one of them is Peter dealing with his daddy issues, and the other one is Rocket yeah. dealing with his, you know, how he's an asshole and pushes everyone away because he doesn't want anyone to get close to him. Yeah, I, I mean it, it's kind of related, uh, like through Yondu. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're both connected but, to Yondu with their, you know, separate A plots. Yeah, I mean, like the the whole thing with Rocket learning that you know even if he makes mistakes, like you yeah. know the people around him can still love him is uh, I don't know. Like it, like honestly, that's that. That hits a lot harder than uh, Peter and Ego's story to me. Yeah, because... I mean, I think James Gunn, the director, said that Rocket is the character he relates to the most. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... He is the... I mean, like, like j- just look at all the, the Guardians from the outside. Mm. And Rocket's probably the one who stands out the most, even... Even though there's a giant tree man, yeah. Um, uh, like it, especially because they do nothing but like talk down to him, uh, like really through both movies, mm. like you know call him like a rat, uh, like basically act like, he, or maybe not act like he's not a person, but. Occasionally treat him like he's not a person. Yeah, well, yeah, because like he, which uh, his resemblance which, to a raccoon it just seems like, oh, it's our funny talking animal friend. Yeah, but it actually carries deep seated emotional yeah. issues. <laughs> Fun. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really like Groot in the movie. Oh yeah, um, baby Groot. Aside from just the, like a running gag. Yeah. Aside from the opening scene where he's dancing, mm. just, I mean, that that's fun, but, like, the fact that he's not mm. smart enough mm. to do anything, like, isn't really funny to me. It's just, like, why is he here? Yeah, Gro- Groot's know? arc was in the first movie, and New Groot is there for merchandise. Because people wanted Baby Groot toys yeah. after, you know, the fun dancing Baby Groot tree in the credits of the first one. So they they knew it's like okay we got to put him in a lot of scenes got to have him, you know, 
be the one to carry the button into Ego's heart and, you know, just doing silly stuff. Yeah, we have to, we have to have him do yeah. something, like, like murder yeah. guy. <laughs> that, that that I don't I still don't know how to feel about that one. Like, he he is a baby that just murdered a guy. Mm. Yeah, I mean they do abuse him a lot in like when the pirates take over the ship. Yeah, I mean, I I mean the guy deserves it, but like, I mean. Baby group doesn't even understand mm. shapes, but uh, he he has a lust for blood <laughs> for, mm. for revenge. And then he gets to die again. Yeah, you know, like more. just yep. <laughs> group is Goku. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got Thor, I, Ragnarok, I and Black Panther. Guardians yeah. too. Well, let, let me just say, um, I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Guardians 2 is my favorite MCU mm. movie, um, and I love it. That's it. <laughs> um, okay, and I know we got two more movies, but like, did we want to talk about anything else in Homecoming other than uh, The Vulture? Um, yeah, I don't think that... I mean... Because we're at the point in the movies where they're all so recent that I have watched them... Like multiple times in the last couple of years, so it's like phases one and two. I could, you know, be watching them yeah. with fresh eyes, but I'm really not on these, which is why I have like no thoughts written down yeah, for that... Thor or Black Panther because it's like I've seen these and they're good, and I I don't really have the that's fair the mental frame right now to be like I'm going back to watching something that happened years ago and looking at how it's changed since then. That's fair. Like I, I just want to say my favorite parts um, of Spider-Man: Homecoming are the parts where he's acting like Spider-Man and not like Iron Man. Jr. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean the Iron Man thing. It's, I mean one, it's MCU thing. Two, it's you know Sony probably welcomes it because it helps them to separate this from the Andrew Garfield movies. Yeah, they had so many um, Avengers references in that movie mm. that. It seemed like uh, they had an agenda, yeah. Yeah. Although I guess, like, um, Ned is also a very fun character. As, like, a sidekick to Peter. Yeah. The guy in the chair. He... He... He is... Uh, I, I was... I, I love... Looking I love his, porn. uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, that's my favorite... That's my favorite line of his... <laughs> Like, um, in, in case yeah, anybody so he's not going to admit to guiding Spider-Man on the computer. He'd rather be caught looking at porn in the computer yeah. lab. Like he's at prom and he broke into the computer lab. <laughs> if somebody catches him, he's like, "What are you, What are you doing? Uh, I was watching porn." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's great delivery too. Like that, I I don't know the guy's name, but he's a he's a he's a good yeah. comedic actor. I, I know that. Um, also, my also the 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 guy who Spider Man thought was breaking into a car, um, but it was yeah. his car. 
<laughs> and everybody starts hanging out. Yeah, and Stanley is there yelling at him because the car alarm's going off. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we we really haven't talked about Stanley Stanley cameos a mm. lot. I mean, but we're we're, we're kind of going long. Yeah, so we we're up really to two to. hours. Did we have any Thor Ragnarok or Black Panther thoughts aside from them being good? I mean. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about Thor Ragnarok other than um, it's a very good thing they changed directions mm. on Thor <laughs> because because Thor Ragnarok is probably the most fun movie in the MCU. Yeah, and uh, Chris um, Hemsworth is really good at comedy. It's like you know him having to yeah. be like you know the like serious leading man seemed like it just couldn't do much it was probably being like held back in the role because it's like no we need you to be serious but no he, he can yeah. do comedy like they, they even make fun of the first two movies uh mm. with the the play yeah when he gets back to asgard <laughs> and it's uh so over dramatic mm. yeah but it, like it also um, it still works because it's like yeah looking back knowing that loki wasn't dying in that scene like that's how it was for loki it's like hey it's this melodramatic bullshit that i'm doing that you know like yeah yeah because i mean it's basically him gloating at that point like i yeah. can't believe everybody's falling for it yeah um but you, like i don't know what you really say about thor ragnarok like it, it's it's just like constant good times yeah. except for like the three scenes where there's actual human drama mm. like uh like odin dying or um the hulk turning back into banner mm. um you know what maybe there's only two scenes ah <laughs> uh, let's see was there a third um I mean, the um, stuff with Valkyrie having to deal with all the other Valkyries that died. Yeah, I was about to say that the flashback scene with Valkyrie fighting Hela, mm. um, where everybody's getting massacred. <laughs> She's the and then there's, one there's even like the whole left. thing of like Thor having to you know deal with Hela revealing that their whole kingdom was founded on like brutal colonialism. The, you know, there's, there's like the mural. Yeah. Like he gets in the throne room before he confronts Hell, and he's looking up at the mural, and he doesn't say anything. But you know, he's like, yeah, clearly having to grapple with the fact that like, you know, Odin, before he became you know the wise, you know, powerful king, murdered a shit ton of people to get there. Yeah. What I what I never noticed before actually was uh, that Hela holds Mjolnir um, in the in the painting. Um. Which is weird that she destroyed it at the beginning of the movie instead of using it herself. But um, it also means that Thor was uh, given his big sister's hand-me-downs. It also means for Thor that yeah, like he he inherited you know all of mm. that chaos too, and not just you know like that wasn't just Odin's problem, mm. I guess. Uh, yeah, and then like that. he says to you. Know, I don't know, she says something, he said, he, he, I can't remember what she said, but he replied to her that it's like, yeah, Odin, you know, likes to resolve his problems by banishing them, which, 
it seems like she initially takes as like a slight at her, but then realizes he's also referring to himself because in the first Thor movie he got banished to Earth because he right. you know upset Odin. Exactly. Like there's a there's a lot of uh, like little lines of little lines mm-hmm. throughout the movie that mean a lot. Like that. Um, like th- there's a lot that I noticed while I was watching mm-hmm. it, but I can't remember now. Um, yeah. but, but that did really stick out um, also there there's a there's a lot of like um, like semi-political jokes um, that don't like they're not obvious like things like uh, master the, the slaves uh, have uh, broken yeah. loose like, whoa whoa prisoners uh, jobs. I don't like the word slaves yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like shit, like that. Like there, there's a few jokes in the movie like that. It was like, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe they mean something more than just the joke. Mm. Um, but you don't have to think about that. It's a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of that, Black Panther. Yep. <laughs> which yeah, uh, I mean, Black Panther was more over a lot harder with its, on uh, that. You know, political yeah. Things. Black Panther, like, is, is, like, aside from maybe, well, it, 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 it feels like, um, they were trying to go back to Iron Man, kind of, because, like, I, Iron Man was actually like, hey, the military-industrial complex is kind of bad, huh? Mm. Um, except in Black Panther, they're like, hey, racism, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, although with Black Panther they go far, like a little bit farther, and have like the villain actually has a point, and the hero learns from it. Oh yeah, like yeah, I mean in, in Iron Man they basically just like made the industrial, the military industrial complex into a bad guy yeah. for Tony to beat up. Um, but yeah, Black Panther actually goes all the way by having having the character actually have to grapple with uh, those problems. Yeah, he gets confronted on the fact that like, there's this problem out there and you're aware of it and you're not doing anything about it. And now it's right here on your doorstep right. fucking up your kingdom and burning all your flowers. Right. It, it, it honestly goes... Uh, like, it, it honestly fixes the problem of what I said earlier where, like, MCU movies like to bring up like morally great topics like uh um like an Iron Man 2 and uh Winter Soldier and Civil War mm. but they don't really pay them off they they kind of just oh there's a super villain that um is taking that over so they're they're just bad now Yeah I mean like they still kind of um, do where it's like Killmonger still has to be stopped they still have to have the big fight against him but at least afterward T'Challa is still dealing with, you know, like, going to the UN and, you know, trying to, like, change the way his country's operating based on what he's learned from the movie. Like, the, they have the topic yeah, and I mean, then they the, drop it so they can have the big fight and then they bring it back. Yeah, that, that, that's the difference, is that they, they never, like, the topic never gets dropped. It just gets put on the back burner until, mm. like, the immediate... Until the immediate problem goes yeah. away, because like, 
Tony never thinks of Ivan Vanko after he's dead. Um, the the helicopter the helicopter is already destroyed, so that and and when uh, yeah, and so and then like they again. you know drop like they dox everyone in Hydra, and that's enough to turn the world against them. Yeah, the 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 problem is solved. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, the public knows but, about it. I mean, it. It's done. Yeah, and like the, the Sokovia Accords never come up again in Phase Three. Yeah, so, I mean, by or, the or end like of the movie, Tony is like shrugging off any phone calls he gets from General Ross. So, yeah, like it. But I mean, you, they they don't sweep the problem under the rug in Black Panther, which yeah. is a lot more respectable than uh, before, where they were. They were just like plot points for controversy, and then they they oh look, it, it's all solved. Yeah, it's like oh, and then we fought the big bad guy and we won, and forgot that there was another problem that we didn't yeah. fix. Yeah, yeah, and oh, and actually, the like the the plot of Black Panther is kind of like Iron Man too, mm. when you think about it, um, like. The main character has to tackle the mistakes of his father. Yeah. Um, while the the son of like the son of the target of that mistake comes back to fight the main character. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a sins it, of the it, father's it, plot. Exactly. It, it's it's that story done right, whereas. Um, Iron Man 2 did it a lot worse yeah and again it just ties into the fact that they actual they actually tackle the subject instead of just sweeping it under the rug mm. um, but other than that I mean Black Panther's not one of my favorite Marvel movies but I, I would put it like near the top yeah like I don't know. Probably most deserving of an Oscar, you know, in in like the kind of things they look yeah, for mean, in Oscar movies. This is one that actually touches on the kind of you know, like it has like the kind of social awareness that they tend to want in those like award-winning yeah, I mean, movies. It is definitely the most meaningful um, because it actually it actually brings up, brings up real-world uh, problems yeah. and not just. Oh, like a supervillain. Yeah. Um, like, and I mean, I, I, I don't think there's any problem with just having a, a story with characters like you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. where it's like, hey, you know, respect yourself and get people around you that love you, even if your actual family doesn't. Yeah. But. Also, yeah, like yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy is never going to win an Oscar. Yeah, no, yeah, because like fun um, character piece. You know, yeah, like the Guardians movies are more like yeah, fun character stuff, and Black Panther, like the characters are fine, but it it's more about like what it has to say, I guess. Yeah. Like Mbaku's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, he he seems like like generic. Uh, side villain almost at the beginning yeah and then they have to go uh, to him for help and say hey this guy's actually pretty fun yeah and i i i like that they 
they showed that uh, T'Challa being merciful actually comes back to help him in the long run mm. because that it seems like it seems like like part of the part of the things they want to say is that like the previous uh, Black Panthers, the kings of uh, Wakanda, like weren't that great mm. and maybe weren't merciful. Yeah. So the fact that He's wi- he's willing to do all that is uh, part of what makes him uh, like I guess like ready to take the next step. Yeah. Um. But also, I don't know what the next step is going to be because he died, and yeah, that makes me really sad. I mean, I know in the comics, Shuri became the Black Panther at one point, so my expectation i mean they they probably had a whole script ready so who knows how long it's going to take for them to get a new script ready but i think shuri's going to take the mantle and i like from from a character point of view i like that but also they they don't really set her up as a fighter yeah she's kind of she's like a tech person um and like I, I hope they don't just turn Black Panther into Iron Man is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and like I don't know how they're gonna write T'Challa out because I can't see them recasting him. But they would have to find you know like a a tasteful way to write him out and have her have to step into the mantle, while also still, you know, using all of her tech expertise because she's you know she's a different person she's got different skills. And there's no purple flowers left, so she's not going to have the super strength and the super speed. Yeah, that, that that's the thing, is that the way Black Panther ended, um, it brings up a lot of questions about how that would even work. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, they, they can just, you know, like, write in that, oh, they're there were backup flowers. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I could see them keeping an extra sample in the lab, or they just... They discover a new one on top of a mountain somewhere, and now they have one. Yeah. Or yeah. Ulysses I mean, Claw they... stole one, and it was in his stash. I don't know about that one, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, he he's like stolen he, so like, much Wakanda stuff. It? He might have a flower somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it could could be, or it could be like, oh, they they found the area where the first ones were found however many thousands of years ago or whatever mm. but i mean like they can yeah or like when when the hulk snapped his fingers he uh brought the flowers back too <laughs> that'd be cool <laughs> but i mean he somehow was weird, aware that the flowers cool. had died a, like a year before the war and yeah. brought them back i don't know like i don't i don't know if there's like a good way to no, not really. I mean, clearly the the next one was going to be Chadwick Boseman, and uh, they they can't do that now. Yeah. Yeah. There's no good way to do it, but hopefully they could do it in the least bad way possible. Yeah. I guess it, it's probably going to be stuck in development for a while, kind of like Guardians Three is right now. Yeah, I mean, so we won't see it for. A I few mean, years. I don't think they're even thinking. Like, it's going to be at least, like, 2022, at the very least. Mm. Probably, maybe even later. Oh, yeah, definitely later, considering everything's been pushed back. 
2022 yeah. is going to be probably Thor Love and Thunder, uh, the next Spider-Man, and uh, Doctor Strange 2. Because those ones have all been announced. And all the 2021s have been yeah. pushed into 2021. Shit's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate it. Um, yeah, no. I, mean, I don't know. We'll see where future Marvel movies go, but it almost seems like this whole saga will be best remembered for Iron Man through Endgame. Like, the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, unless unless they really build up to something new like that is that big and i mean it would have to it would have to take them like another 10 years to do yeah. it it seems like yeah um, and it's getting off to like a rocky start because of the world but you know we'll we'll see yeah. where it goes in the future but, i mean honestly at least at least they were able to leave off like where they wanted yeah. to like a good you know, like like even if they have to let it sit for like two years, yeah. um, it like at least they stopped at the end of phase three, which yeah, I mean yeah, they natural as far as the original Avengers have gone, their whole story has come beginning to end. Yeah. So the the stories that we're now waiting on are like continuations of some of the other characters that still have stuff to do, even though like the big. <sighs> You know, the big MacGuffin search is over. All the MacGuffins came together, and there was a big thing, and and that was the end of that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna try to lead up to something soon, or if they're gonna just like let it sit for a while. Yeah, I mean, biggest thing I've heard lately is that Kang the Conqueror is going to be in Ant Man three, and I don't know what to make of that because he's like an Avengers level villain. And he's in Ant-Man 3. Now, now this is an Avengers-level threat. Because yeah. Kang um, the Conqueror, is he's like a descendant of Reed Richards who traveled back in time and became like a super-powered... I want to say he became a pharaoh, but I might be getting that mixed up with Apocalypse. But he, he's like... He time-travels and gets all kinds of powerful shit. And yeah, I mean... It, I, I always kind of thought of him like, kind of like Darkseid, um, mm. the Marvel version of Darkseid, mm. except maybe not that, like, I don't know, what, misanthropic, mm. I guess. Like, he's, he's a villain, but he's not like, I want to wipe out all life in the universe. Yeah, no, he's he's kind of Doctor Doom-ish, in, like, he's, yeah. like, he want he wants power, he wants technology, and he wants it all for himself so he can be the best. Yeah, like he's he's a, he's a conqueror. Yeah. Like that that's that's it. He's 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 a greedy greedy motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, I can't talk anymore. Yeah, we're at we're over two hours now, so. Yeah, well, I, I knew we would go over again, yeah. but also there are a lot of video games. It's this fine. Week. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm dumb. Yeah. Done. Also dumb, but now, my, that, my, that's my for tongue the listeners is uh, to tired. 
If I'm dumb, um, give me ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> we need one if... like and subscription for every amount of dumb. <laughs> like, like, comment and into uh, fuck me. Yeah, uh, yeah um, like, comment and fuck Brad goodbye. if he's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Do what yeah. you said. Um. Okay. Uh, hey, yeah. Jade. Um, can I say goodbye to the lovely people? Uh, you can. Is it going to go through the credits again? Goodbye, cunts. Oh. Okay. No. Goodbye, cunts. <laughs> okay, I lied. It's going to go through the credits again. Um, don't tell Jade. She can't hear this. Um, I mean, she actually just... Shut up, Jade. You can't hear this. Um, I'm, I'm, I, w- I just want to apologize for calling you all cunts. Um, you're all lovely people, except for you. You know what you did, you motherfucker. Um, anyway, bye, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Jade, who can't hear this. Also, everyone, tell Jade how much you love her. She's a great person, and uh, yeah, she deserves it. It's a good thing she can't hear this because that would be very embarrassing for me. Shut up, Jade. Fuck. Um, okay, bye. <laughs>